You know, I, I don't drink, but I, I, I believe I have a little bit of a chub just from him describing. Uh Welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast, a podcast about woodworking, good times, and general jackass. With your hosts, Jess of Jess Building, Colton of Colt Crit, and Ross of RNC Woodworking and Design. You can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now for episode nine, Delta Force. Gentlemen. Delta Farce. What's going on? It is awesome to see you guys in the same screen because Colton Absolutely has gone on a field trip. Oh, God. And look how we're having to do this. We, we had just so if anybody sees this, we had major technical difficulties. The Internet crashed like it was like a whole thing. So hopefully this goes well. Mm -hmm. We're literally sharing headphones right now yeah. that are connected to each other. Yeah, he's got the left. I got the right. It's so sweet. It's a, it's it's adorable. <laughs> oh, man. So, I'm glad I, I'm glad you showered this morning. That's I mean, aren't we yeah. all uh, probably you more so than in anybody else at the moment? But yeah. So, gentlemen, like uh, Colton, what? Uh, I guess I should have brushed my teeth this morning, uh, or every morning. That's an idea. Uh, so, I just quick rundown: like, how was the travel getting <laughs> down to Florida? It is great, man. We, uh, I was finishing up a uh, big like brisket like side grain cutting board um, right until we left, and so I got to sleep all on the plane here, and we had two hour layover, slept there too. Made sure I was uh, rested up for our Tarpon Grand Tour. But, um, but yeah, it was great. We got in yesterday. Man, we hit a few breweries, grabbed dinner, and we almost did karaoke. But they weren't doing karaoke on Tuesdays. So, uh. so let me give you the detail. Let me give you the detail breakdown. So they got – it was like we were going to try to stay at the shop and wait for him, and he was just going to come here, and then I could show him the shop and stuff. But I mean, it was like four thirty, and he was like, "Hey, we just got the car, so it wasn't going to be till like seven o'clock before they got here." So we're like, "We'll just go home, and I'll show you the shop tomorrow." So they pulled up. It's almost exactly at seven to the house, and it was like surreal. Him walking in my front door, it was like super cool because I hadn't seen him since Workbench Con, of course. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, we my, met ba Baxter and Buddy. Yeah, they met all of my pets, the turtle and the cat. Eventually came out, and Buddy, Buddy loves his wife, absolutely loves her. And then I was like, let's go. So we, um, they all had a little beer, and then off we went. I was the designated driver, and then there's a bunch of breweries, they just opened one. So, like, we went one, and they're like, all right, 15 minutes, let's go, gotta go to the next one, and then the next one, and the next <laughs> one, we two or three of them. Did you power hour it really for two hours? Yeah, he kept making Crystal have to chug her beer. All, yeah, fun. everybody had to down them. And then at nine o'clock, every all the restaurants closed. So eight forty-five, we're like, all right, we're going to go eat. And then we went to Rusty Bellies and had fish and chips. And but we, the, we, they were closed. They were like sweeping the floors, and we were still sitting there just jabbing and talking. And <laughs> then they came home, and he played some guitar, and we stayed up till one o'clock in the morning, which was a nightmare. But that, yeah, that's normal for Colton. Yeah, that's that's yeah. normal. Oh, there is no normal for Colton, but uh, dude, the, like all like the downtown like scenery, like the buildings, like every time there's a break in the building, you can like see the water. Like it, it it's amazing. This is really cool. Um, yeah, they want to um, move. They want to move. We're talking them into it. We we don't really have any reasons why we wouldn't. I mean, just leaving Houston behind, but Houston's a lot uglier to look at. I'll say that. And a lot uh, a lot more humid, I would assume. Yeah, well, it's like a nice, um, 
sea breeze humidity. It's not like uh, in Houston like a frog, or in, like in a sweaty, Tampa. sweaty balls humidity like Houston. Oh yeah, yeah. In Tampa, it's a, it's like, it's like nice ocean breeze. It's not like uh, you're not going to get the what is it the flesh eating bacteria you do in Galveston water. <laughs> I mean, here. who yeah. who wouldn't want to sign up for flesh eating bacteria? So uh, <laughs> we get red tide once in a while. Like I, I know it's bad it. for me, but will it make me skinny? Well, I lose weight. <laughs> So let me uh, let me ask, Colton, now that you're in Jess's shop and you're sitting next to each other in there, from an outsider's perspective. Oh, the shop tour. Yeah. Like what well, don't tell us. Let let the, the tens of oh listeners my know. God. So <laughs> whenever like the, the manufacturing of these tools, whenever someone is manufacturing it a tool uh to not with without having like price point in mind. Right, like all, all of my tools, majority of them are trying to get the best bang for buck, but without being cheap, you know, the, playing that line. But like you go in here and like just looking at his like his belt sander alone, like the first off, it's the two drums. Oh, it's not even a drum. It's like it's a, a belt. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's a in the name. Thing. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's a yeah, belt. Yeah. Wide yeah. belt. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, I'm just connecting dots on that. But like even that, there's like it hooks up to his air compressor and like they oscillate. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing just the engineering behind these tools. Yeah. And um yeah, it, it was incredible. Um yeah, every, everything is at least freaking two to five to ten horsepower, if not more. The belt sander is twenty-five, I think. Twenty-five. Because everybody needs, like, you know, twenty-five Clydesdales to sand well, everything. That's a that's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of it's like towing a trailer uphill all the time with a belt sander. You gotta yeah. imagine if you actually put something that was forty-three inches wide in it, how much that's true resistance that it creates. You got two two things basically just constant pressure on them. Yeah, the white belt for People that are listening that don't know what a wide belt sander is. So basically it's a machine that has um, like if you imagine like a big toilet paper roll, right? But like about, I don't know how big it is, 40 inches or whatever. That's sandpaper. And there's, there's, it goes around these big shafts and then it, it sands at the bottom. And then it goes, they go left and right as it's sanding and it uses air pressure so as the air breaks and the pressure lessens, it tells the machine to make the belt go back the other way. And it just keeps doing that back and forth. Um, it's a pretty neat way of doing it, you know? And uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm very blessed to have these tools. You know, I didn't pay for them, but um, they're made for efficiency. And, um, you know, once things are about to kick into gear here in about a few days, and we're going to be making a lot of stuff nonstop for the rest of my freaking life so yeah and then once that cnc comes in man un- unstoppable yeah, cnc will be a whole oh. other beast to add on to all of that what i'll be able to do but i have a little furniture line in mind of what i want it to look like and we're gonna when you say little furniture it. line you mean like dollhouse furniture i mean like <laughs> uh we're gonna start with side tables uh coffee tables and consoles consoles sell really well in in this area with like sea seaside stuff and we're going to make all of it out of walnut and white oak. Okay. And because um, white oak really sells around here because it's kind of like beachy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're just going to use Rubio Monocoat on it. And that's it. It's just going to be what it is. And um, and then eventually I'm going to convert it so that we can you can assemble it at home 
So you can um, flat pack it and send it out? So we can flat pack it and send it out. Yeah. Very nice. Like use some threaded inserts and stuff. I have it all in my head how I'm going to do it. I ordered some a little, couple little different things, little tools. I'm going to make a, a sled today because we're going to do half laps on the on the joints, on a lot of the joints. So I'm just going to use a dado stack to do that. And so I'm going to make a dado sled uh, for that. And um, I just I have it's going to be kind of like mid-century with like floating tops. I, I have it all in my head how I'm going to do it. Very it's nice. Simple, simple like classic looking furniture with just like a little edge on it and, and something that will sell here. And so then we're going to test it out in these stores of my friends that they have in the local area and see what sells the best. And then that will be the ones that we're going to try to sell online to ship. And those are the ones I'll convert so that you can assemble them at home. Cool. So I'm excited about it. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, um, and in the cabinet line too, we're going to be selling those. That's Ashley's actually working on that right now. So nice. Obviously, um, one thing I did notice too, um, he has like really cool about Jess's shop. So he has these uh, like carts that move around and On has the tables, the lift tables. Yeah, the lift tables. And so he has a motorcycle lift below it, right? And um, so like you got like a big piece. You can easily like slide it on there. On the top, it has not melanin. Um, it's Wilson art. It's like Formica. Yeah. Yeah. Like coated, uh, not coated, but whatever that top veneer thing. Yeah. And um, yeah. And you can just bump it up if you got to go to a different table um, with the motorcycle lift and it's on casters and it was extremely efficient. And there's two of them. It's nice when you're working on something that's large. Yeah. Like, and you need to get to it, you can lower the table and get to the top of it. Or if you're working on the base of it, you can just jack it up and get it. Or if you're by yourself and you're sliding something to the table saw, you can make it an infeed table and just roll it right up to the table saw and slide a whole sheet of plywood by yourself and not have to like fight it if you're only cutting a little off. Dude, so that's, that's awesome. Is, is that, I think you told me when we first met at WorkbenchCon, is this a, like a Harbor Freight? Yeah. Motorcycle? I saw that guy do it on YouTube. And the difference that is, is that I, he just kind of made his a little more simply. I, I actually, I think he put it, he had made a torsion box and he put a torsion box on top. Okay. But the base is very narrow. Yes. So what I did is I drilled some holes in the frame and I made it like just a box out of plywood on casters, okay. locking casters. And then just, I bought the biggest screws I could find bolts and lagged it down to that so that it wouldn't be tippy yeah. because my biggest plan for it was, is that when we're feeding something into a wide belt sander, it's really hard to feed it in and then some guy's got to run around and catch it yeah you know what i mean especially if you have like a slab for instance if you're running through the wide belt mm -hmm. after you like epoxied it um and you're gonna have to pass it through many times i can just take these tables slide them up on either side and we just basically let it spit it out and then we you know just walk it around yeah so um so uh we use them for what's the capacity of those tables they are 30 I think they're like 42 by 84, something no, like that. No, but what's the weight capacity? Oh, for a motorcycle lift, like 1,400 pounds, I think. I mean, they're have like, you built anything big drawing. enough so far that it's maxed out the capacity of it? We got a shipment of wood uh, of like poplar and maple one time, and we filled it all the way up. And I was able to jack it up because it's a foot pump. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just foot pump it up. Um, I mean, it's just like a bottle jack you'd use on your car. Hmm. It's basically a lifting mechanism. It's simple. Yeah. And if it breaks, it's easy to fix. So, yeah, I'd like to even put like some sort of uh, either T-Track 
or like like some sort of like bench dog maybe even thing on yeah, top you could use them like for uh, i was picturing it for for my shop the only problem is is that it's still a little it's not super sturdy like i mean you're not going to break it like i can sit on the corner or stand on the corner it's not gonna but it it gives a little bit you know what i mean yeah. it's not meant for what we're doing with it but they work that's I mean, fair. i love them very nice very nice i use my harbor freight coupon i think we got like you know how they'll have like the 20% off yeah. and the once in a while they'll have a 30% off thing. They let me use it on it. Nice. So we got it nice. for like 400 bucks. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. So obviously Jess, that's kind of what's, you're just doing the prep work right now until everything kind of ramps up like next week, you said? Next week. Yeah. So we kind of, we're just finally at that point. Ashley's going to keep working on the social media, my wife, and she's, um, getting the data entry started for the cabinet, starting to do that. Um, I'll, I kind of break back and forth. So we have another guy that works in the shop. His name's Dave Fingers. We talked about Oh, yeah, yeah. Hoosier. And he's Hoosier. Yeah, and he's going to um, – I'm going to show him how to make the furniture and make the pieces, and he's going to get it all. And then I'll come in when it's – and help him with assembly and kind of get him going so he can make those things because he really loves it. Yeah. This is the part that he loves. And um, it's simple things. It's small. One man can do it pretty easy. So I'll keep him busy with that and then bounce back and forth with her starting the Shopify account and trying to get the cabinets online the way that I have in my mind. So it's a lot, but we just keep moving forward every day, accomplishing something every day. She's still trying to do the social media stuff. Ross, you gave us some great advice on that. And that's hopefully will start to help. It's not where I want it to be right now, but we we have so many hats at this point. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I will say on the social side, that's something that never ends. Like right. that is constant maintenance, which is why you see so many people that are, you know, YouTube creators and uh, influencers, if you will, to where like they're literally um, quitting their their full time jobs. Cause it takes so much time to do it, but it can be lucrative it properly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. in I fact, mean, uh, the guy from Lincoln street who just did the, the seminar when we were workbench con, he and cam mm-hmm. from blacktail had, um, had done the, uh, YouTube growth and the algorithm stuff. And, uh, he just put in his two weeks. So he actually just yeah. did a video about retiring. So. Yeah, I just, I, it's, it's a lot. And right now, like we haven't, we're going to start like today. I'm going to make some content. I'm going to make a router. I'm going to make a, a sled. Yep. Right. For the table saw. I thought that would be cool. People would like to see that. I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it. It's not the way that everybody does it necessarily, but I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And we'll video that. And But my poor wife has been putting stuff on. When I worked at the other place, I took pictures of everything. So she's just been putting that on just like old creations. I think some people enjoy watching that. Yeah. And, um, and all, but hey, maybe I can, um, not that my way is better or worse, but uh, we could go in the, in the shop before I leave, and I'll show you how I would video it. As far okay. as like, I like to do like to like one like close up, like so you can actually like see the wood tearing or whatever with the saw, and then one little far out you can see your face, what you're doing. Sounds good. And uh, yeah, we just work on some angles. You guys ain't gonna be leaving till four o'clock. We'll be quitting. <laughs> Crystal, oh, she, we're getting, we're she's getting eye roll. She, she just gave you an eye roll. <laughs> she's not a fan. Oh, of that. shout out to all the wives for putting up with all. The by the way, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She because she's like makes him dinner. I heard she's complained about it about five times. 
and she made him <laughs> she made him dinner and that was our two hour podcast where we just kept going on and on and on yeah and she's like him. i'm just gonna let it get cold <laughs> there's a bleep mark that i, I Sorry. did i did <laughs> uh, very nice but the wives are are uh, i will say just a little shout out to the other half of colt crit mm-hmm. um i think she is probably just as good a woodworker as Colton is, at least with the way that she talks. That girl's badass, man. She's like doing flooring. She's doing trim. She's doing all kind of stuff. Yeah. She's a tough cookie. Very nice. You guys make a good team. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. It seems like y'all make a really good, great team as well. I heard a saying one time that every great man, behind every great man, there was a there was like a good wife. There was a good woman behind him somewhere. Mm-hmm. To support him. That is. I think that's very true. Unbelievably true. If you don't have the uh, the support and the, I don't want to say the guidance, but the support from the team back home and somebody kind of holding down things so that, you know, you can focus on what you need to do to provide, then none of it works. It, you have to be a team in all things, whether it's the relationship, the build process, the whatever. You got to be a team in it, so. Somebody, just somebody to talk to when you're having a bad day and, and somebody that understands. Oh, yeah. Somebody to bounce things off to and or off of and all that. Yeah. Communication. Hey, on that note, we just started, um, Ross, last time you mentioned like a weekly meeting. Yeah. You said, by the way, we're going to do a weekly meeting. So on Mondays, uh, Colt and Crit are going to meet up and um, talk business, talk numbers and talk the plan for the week. All right. And if we hit our plan last week and. But um, but yeah, we had our first meeting like that. It was went really well. Awesome, and that was a genius idea. I also, on that note, I had the idea. Um, I think so. As as we start to get more questions or like encourage questions from listeners, mm-hmm. uh, we should do like one episode with the wives where people can ask questions to the wives. Hundred percent, and um, yep. bring them on. And what's it like? Yeah, yeah, big six-person podcast. I think that would be an awesome episode. Dude, hundred like percent questions. Hundred percent. Speaking of uh, which, we'll do the white wine of the week. Sorry, the you. white wine of the week. <laughs> yeah. Whichever one is cheapest. Speaking of which, uh, I would like if anybody has any questions or wants to address a certain topic or whatever, they can email us at beataroundthebench at gmail.com. Or uh, DM on Instagram. Or, or, yeah, or any of our social media. That might be easier to find. Yeah. anybody of us on any of our social media. We obviously all watch that constantly. We do. And we will be more than happy to talk about it on the next podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's actually what what uh, got us our first guest. Somebody sent it in a question. Yeah. So keep them coming. Question. Yeah. We'll do yeah, three takes on it. We'll do a I like that. responsible way, the good looking way, and then the irresponsible way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Which do the irresponsible way. The Colton way is the irresponsible way, but faster. So but fast yeah, or, this is true or my way uh, be the overcomplicated overthought way yes yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right so on that note uh colton you mentioned uh that you were obviously working on things right up until you left for the airport so yeah uh, as we're getting up to it what is the number at now on on the boards so we got four shipped out last week but we we actually so we podcasted Thursday last week. Yes. So it's, it hasn't been a full week. Um, I think I shipped out two more. Okay. After that, like on that Saturday. So um, I still think we're about 15 though. Um, we we had, I bumped some up as far as like our, our ugly rush, you know? Oh, it's probably because they have um, like a, a date coming up or something. Yeah. 
So it's still about 15 in the panic zone. Now, are all of are any of the ones that you're doing like a duplicate? Have you had multiple people who are like, I need an A&M board or I need like Florida yeah. Gators board. So you kind of have that down as to what you need to do. Oh, yeah. Well, when it comes to the, I was actually thinking of on Spotify, Shopify uh, through our website, having like a just a specific A&M line. Because on those, I already have it planned. I know exactly how many ounces of resin, like how, how much mica powder to add uh, to color it right. It, I have the process down on that. And so it would make sense to uh, have it more cost-effective price instead of just bundling all of them into one price. Yeah. And um, maybe make, make the purely custom ones, bump it up a little more. Just uh, try to get the hourly rate up. Yeah. But... It's still pretty low <laughs> overall is the average, but yeah, I also, I get a lot of Georgia ones, um, which those aren't bad. It is multiple colors, you know, the red and black, but, uh, and the black's tricky. Like you can't add too much. It, it's really quick to block out a lot of light. And, um, I've had it before to where I do like basically the equivalent of like, say like the, the burgundy color, but with the black and it doesn't, that black's trickier on letting the LED light pass through it and still like be light up, but still enough pigment to get a good swirl and color that resin effect. But, but yeah, it, um, a lot of Georgia, um, let's see, we just got some duplicate LSU ones okay. coming up then. Um, but yeah, cool. That, yeah. Oh, also, um, what was it? Week a half, week and a half ago, I made a ring box for for a buddy, and uh, dude, that looked incredible. So, oh, I forgot I sent it to yeah, you. Guys. So, yeah. So, so you sent it to me because I had tagged you in that all epoxy uh, like driftwood surfboard that looked like an ocean right. tide. Yeah. And that looked incredible. And I had multiple people tell me that they had made something like that before, and I I was blown away. I had no idea that people were doing stuff like that. But then you sent me that yeah. ring box, and I was like, man, that looks really good. And then I realized you cut it on the CNC, and I was like, that's why it's so precise. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Jess, have you seen it? I don't know. So I don't, I don't know if you could – I don't think any of the pictures I sent you. So it actually kind of like book matched it. Well, it was like an inverse book match from the top and bottom yeah. piece. So basically it took just like um, – I guess like five quarter maybe? Yeah black walnut and um i cut the top and bottom and then on the top of it or on the the pure top you know it's scribed in and like like fancy monogram and then um i made the cushion a little different this time actually from rockler i found they had like it's for like a big jewelry box yeah but um we just said like the different slits in it but um i cut some of that and then lined it with a um like a white, nice material. Was it not? It's kind of slick. I can't remember the name of it right now. But um, it wasn't like suede, but silk. Yeah, kind of like silk, silk material. Yeah, it had some name, but <laughs> I'm and sure then it did have top, some name. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but in in the top of the box, on the inside, and the top, like where the the cavity is, where like the bulk of the ring is. Yeah. We did, um, I was going to, going for like the ocean wave yeah. thing. And so I used like three different blues and like eventually went from like dark blue to like a turquoise. Yeah. And then we did like a white, uh, I, I tried it twice. One with, um, 
It's actually a combination of mica powder and like a uh, oil like pigment. Okay. Like uh, like more of a wet pigment um, that colored the resin, and we're able to get somewhat of a wave effect. Cool. And um, which working on like a one by two inch little square is a lot harder because like a big thing they do with like the table you sent me Mm -hmm. is uh, they get it to like cavitate kind of like the resin, like to have like the bubbles and it looks like a wave effect. Yeah. And so they'll like take a torch or a heat gun and like they'll overheat part of it intentionally. And um, that kind of spreads it it in a, what what looks like a liquid way, obviously. So it looks like an ocean Mm -hmm. wave. Yeah. So yeah, you get the bubbles and the way it blows it. Yeah. It uh, does that, but it, it turned out pretty good. He was really happy with it. I was happy with it. Was um, his fiance happy with it, or is she a fiance yet? Did she say yes? Yeah. Oh, she said yes. They took some really. Uh, so they had a professional photographer, and uh, he got some really good shots of the box. Nice. Unfortunately, though, the uh, they didn't get one of the front because I wanted to see like the kind of like that reverse book yeah. match, right? So it was the part i did of the board um i made sure to face the two tops kind of towards each other mm-hmm. and like so there's only like a blade width between them and so it had it was a part of the grain of the walnut to where it was like a sloping grain yeah and so it kind of like slopes like together the top and the bottom the sad part is together. the only people who care about that are you and like other woodworkers <laughs> everyone else is like i want to see the ring inside show me the ring yeah but actually, when I first put the box together, uh, I took Crystal's ring and uh, just to test it out. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, the ring was too tall inside. So it was hitting the top like I had put too much resin in the top. And oh, I thought you space. were trying to brag but, uh, about the ring you bought your wife. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but no, it was just too tall for like the average ring. And uh, so I actually had to take the cushion out and like uh with a router very carefully, like hours before he was coming to pick it up, um, tear out a little bit more below it and let the cushion sink in a little better. And, um, but yeah, it turned out really well. Nice. Um, that's fine. It did distract me from making more cornhole boards, but it was a good break. I like working with some good hardwood. Um, that's what she said. <laughs> I heard that as it came out. Um, a little too close to do that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shared headsets here for that's what she said. Jokes. But um, but yeah, I like I like mixing it up here and there. It helps with the the burnout as well. Yeah, so for sure. Not to change the subject, but at one point last night, I do believe we said, "Do we just become best friends? Do you want to do karate in the garage?" I'm so much sure room for activities. Happens. There's so much room for activities. Yeah. They want to build a bunk bed. <laughs> but you have to call me Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so this uh, since I talked to you guys last, I have been. Pounding out projects left and right. Uh, I believe when I talked to you, I had delivered the. I don't remember what I delivered. I delivered so many projects. Uh, you delivered the table uh, that you had had. Problems that's right. With I got that. Got I got that, that out, and I had gotten the desk riser out. Uh, and then yeah. since I mm-hmm. talked to you last, I had picked up five teak rocking chairs and four teak outdoor tables. Uh, that a customer had had sitting out for quite some time and they had never re-oiled them. They were, they were like, Hey, can you just touch these up? And they thought I would just kind of obviously add a little bit of teak to them or do whatever I did and give them back the next day. And it would be like 20 bucks. Um, I looked at them and I was like, I can't, I can't just do that. 
So I ended up dismantling every chair and every Holy table. Cow. And I how'd you get the glue joints apart? They were luckily. Uh, so I, I took it down into bigger sections, but I was able to like break it into sections where I could sand down every inch of it. So I got everything wow. sanded down to raw teak oil or sorry, raw teak. And then I oiled everything up. Uh, and some of the spots took four coats of teak oil because they were so, so thirsty. Um, so it took a few extra days, but I got everything delivered yesterday. The customer was blown away. He's like, these look better than they did when I bought them. So he was really right. happy about it. And so uh, I was like, have you ever teak oiled these? He was like, no, I've never. I was like, well, if you want to, you know, like annually create like a chore for your kids, or if you want therapy for an hour or two, uh, you can do it. Doesn't take long. He, he was like, can I just have you come and do it? Okay, I will come and do it. <laughs> yeah. So put it in my calendar. Yeah. Once yeah. a year, I'll come by and and reteak oil them, but then I won't have to sand them all down and do everything again. So it'll it'll work out for the best for everybody. I have a question about that. Have Have you ever used Halcyon on that stuff? Uh, I have not. Was, no. You think it would work? Feasibly, yes. Um, being that it's teak oil underneath, um, it's going to have a yellow tint to it anyway teak kind of has like a reddish yellow tint so the halcyon yeah it it would i mean it would spray on really well i don't know how it would weather over time um that's what i was thinking that's kind of the point of halcyon yeah it's it's supposed to to. yeah feasibly yes it would make sense when you want the wood to do its own thing well, my thing is, is that like, so Florida here is like a murder on yes. outdoor furniture, yes. especially anything wood. And mm-hmm. really the only thing you can put outside is something like that, like teak and, and Ipe. Um, and or Ipe, Ipe. sorry. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. Ipe. Ipe. And I think that was going to be my thing that I was going to try because the, everybody said that any, any outdoor furniture would be great, but nothing seems to last. And they're putting spar polyurethane mm-hmm. on it, and that just just doesn't work. So I was wondering if that halcyon would work. I don't know. I would try, in all honesty, that deep penetrating epoxy first, and then the halcyon on top. Oh boy. Uh, okay. Now, how do you put the penetrating epoxy on? Just wipe it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it literally it's like the thickness of like simple syrup or like Sprite. It's super thin, so it just soaks in deep into the the pores I'll of the wood. Try some, it works. Do some testing. It works really well. Um, I did it on that outdoor table I did not long ago, and it, it looked incredible. I'll, I'll give you an update after the summer and because it, it's just sitting outside. So I'll let you know how things are doing. Interesting. Uh, but actually, for that same customer, I started working on the ePay stools, and um, I got to pound those out this week. Uh, so I am kind of up against the wall getting projects done. But once I do that project, in all honesty, I have cleared out everything except for those uh, those doors I needed to redo, um, and then I'm on to. Uh, I have to approach the customer. I've been so swamped with everything. Um, I'm I'm still in the process of pricing out the other options as far as remaking new doors or ordering different doors. So once I get that full pricing options, the answer is going to be I'm going to make it right either way these are the three options and what they're going to cost. So that's kind of where I'm approaching, but I, I actually have to reach out to uh, a couple of people that I met at WorkbenchCon to utilize their CNC to make those insert panels. So they're done correctly so that I don't have foam core board on top. 
Right. So, right. Uh, that is the okay, status. Well, if you need some more CNC stuff, man, um, I can ship for pretty cheap. So, depending on how big it is, uh, I may take you up on that. There you go. Yeah. I may. Um, I will keep you posted. We'll talk about that offline. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm actually pounding through that stuff, and then I actually have to start building a desk for my wife uh, for her desk here in, in our office because she's going to start right. working from here more often as well similar to uh to ash coming into to work with you every day so i actually am going to build a white oak desk that's going to have uh raised exposed massive dovetails coming up from the legs that'll come through the top oh, so man. yeah i just finished doing all of it in sketchup like two days ago so i'm real excited about how it. do you like sketchup by the way i i swear by it I actually have. How long did it take you to learn to use it? When I use it consistently, like every project that I'm doing, I just go on and pound it out. Like it probably took me a month or two to learn a lot of the tips and tricks, but there are so many YouTube right. videos of like SketchUp tutorials and, and quick yeah. fixes and this and that. It, it has made like I, I literally do every project on there. Um, I, really? I put it all in, I sketch it all out. Cause then I, I can also quote off of that. Cause I know how much material I'm going to need. I know roughly how long it's going to take me. I know exact sizing on stuff. So that's how I start every project is I go to SketchUp and I draw it all out and I have a file. Um, and I upload it to their, uh, their cloud service called Trimble connect. And from my phone, from an, a tablet, from my computer, I can pull it up anywhere. And literally just look and be like, okay, this is, you know, this angle or this joint or whatever it is, I can do it all on there. I'm actually, oh, that's really, especially for like customer presentation. Exactly. Like, so like uh, when I send, would be really helpful. whenever I do any kind of a, uh, an estimate for a customer, I always have that sketch up and I say, hey, this is what it's going to look like. Here's multiple angles. Here's the sizing. And I put it all into the quote and then I can break down. Okay. I know it's going to take me this many board feet. So I have to order it. It's going to be this price. I always have the overage, but then I can also estimate, okay, for this amount of, of space, it's going to take me this many sanding discs. It's going to take me this much glue. It's going to take this many screws. I have it down to like an exact science of like how much everything is going to cost. And the only thing that I don't have is the times where I have to go into somebody's house and like do the adjustments on site. If I'm building it here in the shop, I have it down to like the hour. So, wow. Yeah. I'm actually to the point now where I'm, I'm doing, um, some, some drawings that I'm going to hand to an architect for some renovations and additions on our house. So I'm drawing everything up in SketchUp and that way he can just look and be like, that's, that'll work. That won't. And I've broken it into plans of like, here's the electrical, here's the framing, here's this, here's that. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah. So when you use SketchUp, can you like certain parts that you use a lot? Like for instance, like a, like, a I don't know, like a drawer box. Yeah. Can you save that as a separate thing? Yep. And then you can just bring it in yep. and then you just change the size of yep. it. Mm. Push pull or whatever. There's actually a, um, what they call their 3d warehouse where like people have created things like that, where it's a drawer pull or an appliance or, uh, anything to like anything you can imagine. You can look it up and somebody has designed it and they've saved it up into the, the cloud system. So you can pull it down for wow. free into, so like you can have, Hey, I want to have a Texas Ranger sign on the wall. Like somebody has designed that. It's just, it's random. So it's super helpful though. That is great. Yeah. 
Maybe I should draw up the cornhole boards in that, honestly, just for like planning. But because um, I, I was also thinking, like, if I ever wanted to like like patent our design mm-hmm. or anything like down the road, uh, I, I wonder if those like sketches, if that would put out like the engineering sketches, yeah, that we could use for for that. The uh, the other thing uh, I can, as far as the patent, uh, I had actually met somebody at WorkbenchCon. Uh, his name is Brett from Cascade Create, and he came to WorkbenchCon as like an engineer for hire, and he had done like years of um, automotive or not automotive uh, aeronautical engineering. He worked at like mm. Boeing and some of the supporting companies, and he wanted to just be able to help people create plans and drawings and this and that. Um, and and I I reached out to him for a few things, and he and I are talking about some some opportunities, but he. He'll do full engineering drawings if you need it. So, really, yep. Okay, I'll get you set up with him. So awesome because it's not that complicated, but it's a little bit like there's like a shelf system, yeah. and like a, a backing. Um, awesome, yeah. So, are, are you guys ready for the wood of the week? I, wow, 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 wow! All right, wow. let's get it. So the wood of the week is actually several different kinds of wood. Um, well, that this that don't make that no learned, sense, Jess. Well, it will in a minute. It There is, um, I don't think I've talked about this before. Maybe I have. But there is, I learned about this probably five or six years ago. And there's a product called thermally modified wood. Yeah. And... Um, not a lot of people know about it. Some people do know about it, but basically, uh, the most common three are ash, pine, and poplar. And what they do is they basically bake the wood. So it goes back to the Vikings, right? How did those ships last? They burned the wood, they heated the wood and it changes. They still, and that's like a big thing. I I don't know what they call it. So Shigibon or or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of along that same lines. Okay. So ash, I don't know if people know what color ash is, but ash is a very light colored wood, like a baseball bat. Yeah. Right. That's, that's ash. When it's done, it's chocolate color. It's beautiful. And there has been people that I know that have put in decks with thermally modified ash. So basically what happens is when they bake that wood, it makes it completely resistant to rot. Okay. It makes it completely resistant to moving mold, mildew, anything. And there's people that have put decks in, in ultra high wet locations, like in Cape Cod, let's say. Washington or yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, when you put a deck in, um, the deck boards are spaced, yep. you know, a certain amount. They come back three years later. It's still exactly how they left it. Now, wow. it does gray very quickly mm-hmm. um, because they it's removed a lot of the moisture, almost all of the moisture in it. But it has basically um, stabilized the wood. Okay. And I had a friend that made a bunch of doors, a beautiful set of front doors out of poplar. I He said he would have gone back and used ash because it was very brittle. But uh, it's a beautiful color. Uh, the pine gets the poplar and the ash get really a chocolate color, but the uh, pine is like a real deep honey gold color. Yeah. When they thermally modify it, but it's it's something that they it took a long time for them to perfect, and so it was very expensive when it first came out. And I now it's getting down to about three, three or four dollars a board foot. 
I think that's awesome. Ash, you can find it at certain places like Advantage Lumber will sell it. It's great for flooring and amazing for anything outside. So like siding on the side of your house or decking, you know, uh, higher end decking and stuff like that. It is, it is like, cause basically it crystallizes all the sugars and starches that are in the wood that the, and the moisture, it, it, it does something to the cells in the wood and it, it just doesn't move anymore. Okay. Bugs don't eat it. Doesn't absorb water. Doesn't rot. It's a, it's an amazing product. Hmm. So uh, some places are starting to finally carry it because it's not so expensive. And when you cut it, your whole place smells like a barbecue. Yeah. So I actually have a stack of baked ash in my uh, garage. I actually I got it from Greg, oh, who, who we had on the podcast. Yeah. Oh. Um, so I thought it was just baked for like color, but yeah, it is like a chocolate brown like all the way through. Hmm. Um. I had no idea. It was they like use it in like saunas stabilized. and things like that. Like people that have underfloor heating. Yeah. Because it's so stable. Like if you did wood flooring, you would use thermally modified wood and it would keep it from having any buckling or anything like that. It's a really neat thing. So, Well, all the ones he gave me, it's just like um, it, he got it from a large scale like cutting board maker. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, yeah, it had to be at least 20 pieces, but it was like they're all in like two foot sections. And um they're probably 10 inches wide, but uh, yeah, I've just made some like cutting boards and stuff out of it here and there, but the uh, good thing about it is it's eco-friendly. There's no chemicals. So that's awesome. You know, like pressure treated wood and things like that still have chemicals, even though they've kind of changed it over the years. It used to have arsenic in it. Um, that's what they still use for railroad ties. Yeah. The creosote, Mm -hmm. all that nasty stuff that gets into the groundwater. This is completely free of chemicals. It, um, um, I, I wish that it was more like you could just buy it anywhere because it's so useful for anything that you do outside, especially like here in Florida. Um, actually, I, before you keep going, I do want to put one disclaimer out there for any of you, um, I guess newer woodworkers or people looking to get into the reclaimed wood game. It's tempting to buy railroad ties. But do not ever use railroad ties, especially for something that's going to be an indoor piece, like a reclaimed mantle or something, um, because they right. use arsenic and creosote and stuff. And that seeps out into the, the air in a home. And that's not what you want in somebody's home. So, mm. yeah, I heard that, hey, that. That is good. There's some sort of pallet wood, too, you're not supposed to use, isn't there? Uh, yes. Any of it with some sort of chemical. <laughs> yeah the the high you can use the heat treated but yeah there was something where people were using pallet wood that had chemicals in it and people were getting sick hmm. i remember reading about that a few years ago because i was doing so much stuff out of pallet wood okay but yeah 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 i actually saw uh jason hibbs bourbon moth yeah he had a shirt now he was hating on uh like pallet wood projects it was like stop making pallet wood projects or something like that he built a pallet you remember yeah, that? Yeah, and then he, he built it was like on a mahogany or what? Yeah, super high in power. Now I think he burned it. <laughs> that was like the river table. Yeah, he, he made the epoxy river table. river table and then blew it up. Yeah, he hates epoxy. He does. Yeah. Uh, so is is there yeah. a a a wood factoid of the week? Oh yeah. So we talked about this last week that trees talk. Yeah. So they oh, yeah. found out that in certain forests like i forget what is redwood trees yep that if one tree is next to another tree and the one tree gets bugs in it it sends out a chemical signal to the other tree to tell it to prepare for bugs 
and it and it excretes it makes the other tree excrete more tannins or whatever its protection system is thicken the bark or whatever of course it's a very slow process is that via like air airborne they don't know that is roots they don't know yeah so and they found that multiple species do that so if one tree is getting hurt or getting getting bugs or birds or whatever it is it will it will produce this biochemical thing that goes to the other tree and the other tree will start to prepare to protect itself. Oh, that man. is crazy. Isn't that nuts? Hmm. Yeah. So they are a living thing. Yeah. hundred percent. And that brings us into Colton for the whiskey mm-hmm. of the week last week. The red breast did it dandy red breast 12. Um, so actually on the dandy part. So out of necessity, uh, innovation is born. Okay. <laughs> right. True story. And so we were out of ginger beer, mm-hmm. but it led to a, uh, a great thing. Um, so we had that nicer grenadine. Yeah. Um, it's like the, I actually remember the name of it this time I wrote it down uh, Barsmith bar okay. grenadine, really good stuff. And so I took that and, uh, so I did like maybe two parts of the red breast maybe two and a half parts to one part of the grenadine and um, threw some ice in it with a little mixture thing. And then uh, poured it in a big cup of ice, topped it off with Topo Chico. And it was a delicious cocktail. Crystal loved it even. Did you name it? Yes. Oh, shoot. Um, Crystal, what do we name it? Oh, uh, it was another take on beat around the bench. Uh, I think it was beach around the bench. There you go. Because <laughs> it was still pretty light. But uh, but yeah, so to kind of paint a picture of the Red Breast 12, it's like it's like dating a city girl that has some country roots, right? Okay. And um, like, especially after you talk about it, so what, triple distilled? Yeah. Or triple filter? Yeah, whatever triple distilled. It. So like, yeah, so it's really clear color. Um, well, I mean, it's still dark, but... Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, it's really clean and like well done up front, but it's got a little bite on the back end, yeah. enough to enjoy it. But um, but yeah, I I, it, I think it'd make for great like pickleback shots or stuff like that too. But yeah, mixing uh, it with a little grenadine went well. That's my wife's. That they did those last night. Yeah, we did some of those. But but yeah, it, it, it was cool. <laughs> you teach you us about Ross's face. Uh, how the Iris whiskey. Oh wait, no, we had something. Oh. No, I think I'm gonna call it like luck of the beach or something. There you go. <laughs> luck of the bench. Luck of the bench. That's what it was. So it's still beat around the bench, but uh with it being Irish. I like it. Yeah. You know, That's good. Luck of the bench. So have you guys had any more research and development R and D on the beat around the bench drink? We, the new and invented? We we have not I, as of yet, but uh that'll happen. I think we could start with Michter's. Uh that's been my favorite so far. Okay. Like what that one was like a nine point two for me. I guess the Mictors. That's strong. Red breast. Uh, I'd say it's a it's a six point eight. Okay, it's about a seven. All right. Yeah, and um, it's good. So, it's an Irish whiskey. So my question yeah. is this: to you, Ross, because everybody has different tastes, what would be a ten out of ten? So people ask me all the time, "What's your favorite?" Yeah, like what's what's the best whiskey you've ever had, and I've had a lot of whiskey. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna start there. My my field of of scope, I guess, is is much larger than most. Yeah. Uh, if I had to say, like, 
one whiskey that just blew me away from the second I tasted it. It had more to do with one whiskey to rule them all. It had, yeah, yeah. it was um, the Royal Salute, thirty-eight-year-old Stone of Destiny, straight out of the barrel at the distillery. And part of what blew me away was literally opening up an Oloroso sherry barrel that had whiskey ranging from 38 to 65 blended into it. So it's a blended scotch. It's comprised of anywhere from 25 to 50 uh, single malt scotches and then about five to eight uh, blended scotch or uh, grain whiskeys that are blended in as well. And it was initially a product that was created for the coronation or what would have been the coronation of Princess Diana. And unfortunately, when she passed away, they had this whiskey and they're like, what are we going to do? There's a big, longer story I can go into a different time. But essentially, this stuff was created and it's it's named after the physical stone that the ruler of Scotland has to sit on when they're coronated king or queen. Everything is aged in American oak barrels up until uh, the age of uh, 36. Then they batch everything together and they put it into Oloroso sherry barrels and they do a two-year finish in those barrels. It is, it's like a $750 bottle of Scotch whiskey, but it was worth 10 times that. Hands down, the greatest Scotch whiskey or the greatest whiskey I've ever had was that. But Wow. Can you describe the flavor? Uh, You probably mix it with Coke, right? Yeah. (laughs) I was doing shooters uh, with picklebacks. It was... Uh, yeah pretty epic um let's see flavor profile wise well being that it has the oloroso sherry cask finish you're getting tons of deep red fruits so like currants and dates and cherries and plums you're getting some baking spices like nutmeg and cinnamon and cumin and then the the mixture of everything else you're getting some like dry leather tannins in there you're getting some stone fruits like apricot and tangerine and nectarine you're adding a little bit more of your vanilla and toffee and like roasted uh, butterscotch up front. It has the the viscosity of like, they call it like a marzipan, like a buttery consistency. Mm-hmm. So it just mm-hmm. coats the entire palate. It is, it is Marvin Gaye smooth <laughs> from start to finish. You know, and I don't- you know somebody's getting pregnant at the end of it you know i i don't drink but i i, I believe i have a little bit of a chub just from him ex- just oh man right hey so what does it take to get a sponsorship for our next whiskey of the week get, get one of the bottle of that uh Where can, you, can you even buy it yes you can uh it's a little bit harder to to come by the standard royal salute is a 21 year old you can get that in a lot of places the 38 year old you have to go into some high-end stores and then there's the 62-gun salute, which is only – it's the oldest annually produced scotch whiskey in the world. They only make, like, 600 bottles a year. So those are in, like, five stores in the entire country kind of thing. You got to go play the whole Pappy's game and find it on eBay. Yeah, you could do that. But, uh, yeah, the 38-year-old Stone of Destiny, if you ever have a chance, you come across it at a bar, it is worth the $75 that you're going to pay for a shot by far hands down worth every penny Hmm. so uh but that brings us to the whiskey of the week for this week and it has actually the widow jane 10 year old straight bourbon now widow jane is uh at this point um a slightly older whiskey as far as a lot of the craft whiskeys are concerned but when they first started out they were actually buying product from buffalo trace before this whiskey craze took off 
they were buying barrels of it. And uh, they would actually buy it at cast strength. And then they were adding water from a limestone quarry that they owned in upstate New York. And the water that they were pulling out of there had such like a, a perfect mineral content to add soft sweetness to the whiskey that when they proofed everything down by adding this water to it, it enhanced some of the sweeter, softer characteristics from the Buffalo Trace bourbon initially. So it mm. made it into like just just a velvety smooth um, bourbon from start to finish. So is that still how they're making it? Uh, I don't know if they're still sourcing Buffalo Trace. I'm assuming they probably got cut off based on the demand of Buffalo Trace product in the past five to eight years. Mm. But that's how they started out. And I haven't Is that like anybody... the demand with like Pappy Gate and all that? Yeah. So literally it's all the same distillery. Um, Buffalo Trace. Well, the original Pappy product wasn't coming out of Buffalo Trace. It was actually the Stitzel Weller Distillery, which oh. shut down years ago. But then the the ownership of that title um, or of that brand got purchased by uh, the Sazerac company who owns Buffalo Trace Distillery. So they make Pappy there. They make Stag there. They make uh, Stag Junior. They make Buffalo Trace. They make Eagle Rare. They make Blanton's. They make a whole bunch of things. So it all comes under the one tree. Um, most of the highly sought after bourbons in the Pappy Gate world are coming out of that distillery. Um, so they're doing some unbelievable things. And uh, yeah, this one, if, if you can get the, the 10 year old product, you're probably tasting some of that older Buffalo Trace juice. Nice. So have you seen that Netflix documentary on the, I have. the Pappy thing? Yeah. I was, have. It, was it called Pappy Gate? I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, that's yeah, that's basically what they alluded oh, it to. I want to see that. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Um it's it. it's actually it, a whole it, series about um different heists. I think it's actually called Heist is the oh, series. Oh, you're right. You're right. There's yeah. like five episodes and and one of them is about like the the largest armored car robbery that happened in the US. One of them is this Pappy Gate scandal. Uh, there were a few other ones in there, but it's it's definitely a cool series to watch. So very good, yeah. Well, we made it through. I don't think we had any glitches. Well, I, we are we're rolling up on uh, just shy of an hour here, gentlemen. But uh, I do want to say it's been it's been awesome looking at two of you in one mm-hmm. screen. Yeah, it's Seeing really you guys really holding nice hands and yeah, it's bonding. Giving a ru- a yeah, rub we are, the tug we're down underneath. underneath the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, we're bio communicating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excreting by <laughs> telling him to release tannins. That's right. So with that in mind, folks, I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, thank you for joining on this episode of the podcast. We hope you guys have enjoyed every second of it. If you have any complaints or things you'd like to get after us with, feel free to reach out to our legal representation at Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, Law Representation. Uh, for Jess, for Colton, for Ross, this has been the Beat Around the Bench podcast. And we will talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.